0: We all know about the big story of David, right? And everybody knows about Goliath. But the story was not finished when Goliath fell. And there's, there's some scripture here that people either haven't read or they forget about. <clears throat> that is very important. First Samuel chapter 21 verse 8. It says, And David said to Ahimelech, And is there not here under thine hand spear or sword? For I have neither brought my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. And the priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom thou slewest in the valley of Elah, behold, it is here wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If thou wilt take that, take it. For there is no other save that here. And David said, There is none like that. Give it to me. And David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. I'm going to talk to you for a few minutes a message that I've actually already preached, but I feel pretty strongly today, called Faith from a Sword faith from a sword amen you can be seated the other day I had another moment that I've had countless times in my life and maybe you've experienced this I don't know what you'd call it but I was taking the dog out and I opened the door and let him run out and while he was (coughs) taking care of his particular business um I enjoyed one of the benefits of living in a small town, Brother March. You can look up into the sky and see stars. Perfect. Because the lights of the city are not so bright or so many of them that you can't see these things. And so, on a clear night in Rector or in Clay County in particular, you can walk out and actually see the stars, the constellations. And it's such a beautiful thing. And have you ever done that and you're standing there? And you just kind of start feeling small. And you think, my Lord, what God has made, it just goes on and on and on forever. And you could stand up looking at the sky and just feel like you're sort of drowning in it. You know, the amazing things that God has made. Began to see flying objects, you know, blinking light. I didn't see any UFOs, I don't think. Uh, but, you, you know, you see these things passing by. It might be a jet, a plane, a satellite, you know. And uh, I began to wonder which things were planes and which were satellites, you know, how you could tell, how can you know what it really is. And there's telescopes up there that can read, you know, the size blue jeans you wear from how high up they are. It's amazing, what you know, how how the technology is that they've created <coughs> But I've always had this fascination with space. And could you imagine today if the administrator of NASA, his name's Robert Lightfoot Jr., called you and asked you to take a trip into space? Just out of the blue, called you up and asked you to do that. I don't know about you. But I've I've always thought I would jump at the chance to do something like that. You're never going to get to do that again. But to see Earth from space, that's something different. And the only problem with that is that there's likely no way that I would ever qualify for something like this because very few people qualify. You have to, in order to be an astronaut, at least... Have a bachelor's degree from an institution in engineering, biological science, physical science, or mathematics. You gotta have three years or a thousand hours of command pilot time in a jet aircraft. You gotta have an advanced degree, either a master's or doctoral degree degree. You gotta have to pass NASA long duration space flight physical, which includes the following requirements. You gotta have twenty twenty vision. I'm already out. Blood pressure cannot exceed 140 over 90 in a sitting position. Your height can only be between 5'2 and 6'3 and your body must be determined to be in exceptionally fit condition. And every one of those things disqualify me today. And so, although my future in being an astronaut looks pretty gloomy today, I can assure you That my future with God is bright. Amen. Because you don't have to meet this list of educational requirements, Brother March. You don't have to have this uncanny ability to speak like we was talking about a while ago. But what you do have to do is meet His requirements of being filled with the Holy Ghost you got to repent to get there and be baptized in Jesus' name and just be willing. And He'll say, that's somebody that I can use. You know why it's that way? Because we serve a merciful God. We serve a gracious God that looks upon people that maybe don't have it all together and He says, that's somebody that I can use. That's somebody that I can use. We serve a mighty, great, and merciful God that offers to use everybody Everybody that's around him. In the Old Testament, he would use only specific people to speak with him. He would use the prophets and they would walk into the tabernacle and they would perform their priestly duties. And then they'd get to the end of that tabernacle like we pray through and they would have communion with God. Then they would go out to the people and tell them what God says. You know what's great today? I don't got to wait on somebody else to go to Him and find out what's going on for my life. I can approach Him myself and He can tell me what He wants in me. Amen. Amen. Because the veil has been torn today. You understand? And we can step right into that place and have communion with God. And so he would call on people. He talked to Abraham and told him about Sodom and Gomorrah. He spoke to Noah and gave him instructions for a flood. And he used Moses to deliver his commandments and lead people out of Egypt. But now that that veil has been torn, we're living in a new era, ladies and gentlemen. And the Scripture says, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me right not just the prophet not just the pastor not just the preacher but all men unto me not just the leadership but all men can be drawn close to god and he calls and he says go ye into all the world every one of you and make disciples now there was a day when david we know about that moment when he slung that stone and it it went and hit Goliath in the head and brought this, this, this beast that had come against God's kingdom down to the ground. And he was used of God. It wasn't just David. God was using him mightily. And you know this story. Well, I've got some news for you today. That moment, as great as it was, Afterwards, David was not always quite as bold. He was not always quite as used of God. As a matter of fact, where we find him in this scripture, he is on the run. The man that through God brought Goliath down is now on the run from somebody who is so much less than Goliath in stature in Saul. And Saul seeks to kill him. And David knows that. And that's why he's got out of Dodge and he's running. And he's at a low point in his life. And he's not exactly got a whole lot of confidence in, in himself or this situation right now. And so he's on the run and he comes to Ahimelech, the scripture says, the priest. And he lies to Ahimelech. And he tells him that he's on a classified mission from Saul. and Really, he's running from him. He's going to be killed when he's caught. Yeah. But I'm, you know, I'm on a mission here today from King Saul. And I've come to your house. And, uh, and he's lying. This, this man that, you know, was supposed to be the man after God's own heart used by God to bring down Goliath. He's lying. To the priest. And he makes two requests in this meeting. The first one was for some bread. Praise God. He's hungry. But then his second request is found in our text. And David said to Ahimelech, And is there none here under thine hand, spear, or sword? For I have neither brought my sword nor my weapons with me. Because the king's business required haste. David forgot to bring a weapon with him. And he asked the priest, do you have a sword, Ahimelech? And the priest, who's probably pretty nervous about this whole situation. Somebody's showing up at his door. Well, let me go look and see what I got. And he goes in the back and he's rummaging through storage, you know, his Rubbermaid bins and his closet and everything. And he's looking through all this and he's, he, print, he brings out a sling and he's thinking, well, you know, he used that. He's pretty good with that. But uh, maybe he's wanting something more dignified than a sling today. And, he, you know, he's digging through. He finds a shield. There's a little dagger in there. And he's like, ah, oh, this is not very much, you know. And he's thinking he could probably use any of this. I could give it all to him. But then... It occurs to him I have a sword that might be really important to this man. And he goes and approaches David and he says, "Well, there is this one sword that I've got that might interest you. I don't know, maybe maybe it's nothing to you now." He smiles and he says, I don't know, maybe you found a newer one, something that's that works better. It's the sword of Goliath who you slew. And it's over there. If you want it, it's yours. And David's mood, he's on the run. He's scared, frightened for his life, so much that he's lying to a priest to get out of all of it. All of a sudden his mood changes. and he raises up his head in the direction that ahimelech is pointing to the ledge above the fireplace and his eyes come across this sword that stretches all the way across the top of that fireplace and he remembers the moment that he grabbed that sword the moment that he had brought down Goliath. And he approaches Goliath. And severs his head. And all these men. That were afraid of Goliath. At one point began to clap their hands. in uproar. At what he had done. This is the sword. That I did that with. And he used me. In such a mighty. And unforgettable way. And it's possible that all of a sudden tears come to David's eyes as he remembers he had used that sword and God had used him. And now God is returning the sword to David and letting him know, I used you back then. I can use you now. You need to remember the sword that I used you. With. David, I realize that you're going through all kinds of troubles and problems right now. But I want you to know that no matter where you're at in your life, I'll use you if you'll let me. But you need to remember the sword. Amen. Amen. I'm preaching to some people this morning who maybe you can remember a point in your life when you were serving God at your fullest where you were full of the Holy Ghost more than you had ever been, and you would stay up late at night just to read your Bible, and you look back and you think, I'd love to get to that point again. I've I've come through some things I'm dealing with some things. I would love to be at that spot again. I, I know that God is calling me up to something greater, and you want to be at that point that you used to be at. I'm preaching to you this morning. You need to remember that sword the way that God used you back then. You need to allow Him to use you today. Amen. God is facing you today with exactly how He filled you up with the Holy Ghost years ago. And He's saying, I can fill you up just as much today. I can put as much anointing on your life today as I did back then. You need to remember a sword that God used you with years ago. It's so easy sometimes to get away from that first moment when God filled us up. Amen. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about that moment when God brought you to this place and He says everything that you've done in your life to this point, you've lived it rough. It's not amounted to anything, but right now I'm putting worth in your life.
1: I'm putting my Holy
0: Spirit in you. I'm placing a sword in your hand. And then at some point... That sword gets put into a closet. Collects dust. And we forget about it. And then eventually we end up on the run. Instead of running after the enemy, we're running from the enemy, Brother March. But God faces us today with that sword. He said, reach out and grab that sword. Use it like you did back then. My Holy Ghost has not lost power. It's just as powerful today as it was back then. I can lift you up back to that point and restore you. Yes. Amen, I feel like there's a theme today. God wants to use us. Yes. He wants to use us in a mighty way. Amen. And we think, well, you know, how is God going to use me? And, and I don't know if I'll say the right words. I don't know if I'll do the right thing. That, that's kind of who I used to be back then when I had it all together. You need to remember the sword this morning. I told Sister Kirsten about something that's been on my mind the other day. We was in the car and she gets these preaching points all the time. She's, she hears it before you get it. Amen. And so she, it's filtered through her. You don't get the junk. Amen. Uh, Peter, you know that the disciples, the disciples when they were called by Jesus, he tells them, lay down your weapons, your swords, leave your possessions behind. He specifically says, your weapons. Leave them behind. Come with me. And they leave and they go with him. And... They place those weapons in storage. They leave them behind. And there's this moment where Jesus is in the garden and he's praying. Garden of Gethsemane. And he's crying, Lord, let this cup pass from me, you know. And eventually he says, not my will, but thine be done. And he goes over to those disciples and they're sleeping. And he's saying, can you not pray with me? For an hour, you know, and they're sleeping, and they're missing out on this massive, mighty prayer meeting that's going on. Maybe the most powerful prayer meeting until the day of Pentecost in our Bible, crying tears of blood, and you can't pray with me, you know. And then all of a sudden, the soldiers come for him, and Simon Peter, one of the disciples, that was told. Listen to this. He was told to leave his weapons behind. Pulls out a weapon and cuts off the ear of the soldier Malchus. Now this man was told to leave his weapons behind. If You're going to be a disciple. You're going to come with me. You're going to leave all that behind. We're not going to use that. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Amen. And he should have left that weapon behind. How come he's holding a weapon right now to cut off the ear of Malchus? Why? Now, he cuts off the ear of Malchus. I don't see any other way that you could cut off the ear of somebody unless you're swinging down. Does that sound right? I mean, there's no way you're going to cut off going like this. And so, I also don't believe that he meant to cut off a man's ear. You know I don't think he had in mind. You know what that dude right there? He's gonna. I'm gonna cut his ear off. No, he was aiming for the man's head. he was. He was aiming to hit dead center, cutting straight down. That's the only way that I can figure it. And he just happened to miss, or Malcolm smooth and he cut off his ear. He was aiming for his mind and his heart. Come on, that's good. That's but good, because man. he did not pray. All he touched was his ear. Yes. Hmm. And he pulled a weapon that was not even supposed to be used to touch that man. Prayer is what God intended. Yes. That he used an earthly weapon. Now, this is not interpretation. This is application today. Us, today, we're supposed to reach out to people. And our goal is not to touch people's ears or. You know, tickle men's ears with words of wisdom and, you know, these things. We are here to touch their mind and their heart. But if right. we're ever going to do that, we got to find ourselves in prayer. Yes, amen. we got to lay down everything that we think is going to work. And say, I'll be there and I'll pray. And God will put the words in my mouth to say to them. And really use God. me in this. You feel out. Pray today. Yeah. Get a glimpse of His glory hey, like did, and you won't miss. You'll hit the mind, you'll hit the heart, and that person will be the one to live for God. Yes. Because God calls us to pray before anything else. Yes, He does. Amen. And you, Maybe there's that time where, where, where you, you had that sword in your hand and you thought, you know, this is this is the apex of living for God. And it was. You're full of the Holy Ghost. And today you look back, you're missing that sword. What I'm telling you to do today is reach out for that heavenly weapon. Amen. Reach out for that time. Maybe, maybe there's not been a time where you could say, I've really been full of God and to be used by Him. He's reaching out and handing you a sword today. And He's saying, you can do my work. You can do my will. You can be used to me. But where it all starts, Is when it's time to pray. We got to pray, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. Amen. I'm going to preach that until I can't preach no more. We got to pray like we've never prayed before. We got to pray in boldness and let God use us. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me on this Sunday morning? I feel like God's saying there's a point that I'm trying to bring you to that you've never even been to before. There are levels in the Holy Ghost. that God brings us to. I've had mighty men of God stand in altars with me and speak into my ear under the unction of the Holy Ghost. God is pulling you up to a new level that you're going to be at before you leave this spot of prayer tonight. And I could leave that spot and say that He did. I already had the Holy Ghost. (coughs) I believe 150% in the instructions for salvation in Acts 2.38. But I'm going to tell you this. It is not the end. It is not the end of infilling from God. Somebody help me out this morning. It is not the end of it. God wishes to fill us up more. And there's new levels and new degrees of spiritual authority that God intends to spread across this congregation of this church. Because if we're ever going to do spiritual warfare and spiritual battle, it's going to take that. It's going to take that. We're going to have to become more like Him. If you find yourself in that place today where that sword's been hung out collecting dust for a long time, it's sitting on the ledge today for you to reach out and grab I'll wield the Holy Ghost in my life. I'll be a pillar in my home when nobody else is. I'll live for You, God. Would You lift Your hands and pray with me right now? What I want You to do is ask God, Lord, Thy will be done in my life, God. I'm reaching out for that point that I was at. Bring me back, God. Raise me back up to that place. Take me beyond that place, O Lord. Use me, God. Help me to speak the right words, Lord. I won't deny You in prayer. I won't deny You in reading Your Word, God. Come on, somebody. God's calling you to a ministry right now. You ought to reach out and touch Him. Reach out and touch Him.